North Central Connect. It's August. Uh, we had a pretty good July. It's getting ready to go back. Kids getting ready to go back to school. I know that you're kind of sad about that. No, we need some structure in my life. <laughs> we need bedtimes, routines. Yours just go to school down the road. You need to move them in hundreds of miles away. <laughs> All right, we are joined, as usual, by our CEO and General Manager, Kevin Doddridge. Hello, everyone. Our Director of Safety and Loss Control, J.D. Cox. Good to be here. And our Director of Marketing and Business Development, Michael Bellapani. Hey there. And I am your Media Specialist, Justin Jaggers. We're going to go right into it and discuss quite a few things. We're going to start with you, Kevin. All right, great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It has been a hot month, um, as I'm sure most of you are well aware and I always like to point out, you know, of course, J.D. may hit on some safety and how we handle heat. The heat is not behind us. Uh, Faulkner always talked about that light in August when you kind of had that little cool spell, and I have yet to experience it. A little bit of relief this week. Last week it was hot, though. Mm -hmm. A lot of humidity, very little recovery, and um, I, I hope everybody handled that well. The system handled it very well. We had an experience back in late May, and I'll go along and kind of, uh, Pat, our engineering operations director, Larry Johnson, on the back, he said, you know, a lot of times when we start um, having fuses blow and stuff in that first wave of heat, it kind of shows maybe where we're slightly vulnerable. And I think we did realize that in late May, uh, made some adjustments on the fly, and the system performed very, very well last week during the extreme heat. One thing you do need to remember, though, is... Um, that, that week of heat will affect your electricity bill. It will affect your air conditioning. And just what you need to do is the next time you get an electric bill, take a look at it, see the dates that it covers, and then see if that little period goes in there. Because sometimes if you get a bill maybe two weeks from now and then you're going to pay it a week or so later, you, you forget about that, that heat that we had. So just kind of take a look at that. <clears throat> um, also, that's... Um, <laughs> As I know you're well aware, they are, they are back at it in D.C. and they are spending a lot of money. And some things uh, probably make more sense than others. Um, and something that all the electric cooperatives have their eye on is this, this massive infrastructure bill. And to let you know how most of that works, a lot of time that money is just designated to the state. And the state doles that money out uh, as it seems appropriate or as long as it's within the confines of the law. We're under the impression that there could be significant appropriations made for fiber to serve underserved areas. And I think I went through this last month. When we, when we got into this business, we did not ask for money. We didn't ask for money when we had the legislation passed. When we started the business, we did not ask for money, especially from the state. Certain grants were made available, though, from the federal government. And when they're made available, we really think it's the responsibility of us, uh, duty of care to our member, to apply for them and see what we can do. Um, a lot of our area doesn't qualify for the funds, but those that do, we think it's responsible to uh, see if we can uh, qualify and get those funds down to help the build out of high-speed internet. So we'll see if any of that applies and see if we can take advantage of it. We are, and, and Michael will probably allude to it here a little bit, a little bit more specifically, we're plugging away. We're averaging about uh, seven customers per mile of line. That keeps us afloat. We've gone through some rural areas. We're trying to move into a little bit more denser area. Um, we are struggling, like everybody else is, slightly with supply chain, a little bit more with labor, um, trying to work on that and get that under control. 
Uh, we can't build out as fast as some of those places that have received multiple millions of dollars of grant funds because we're kind of writing the checks as we go. So we're still doing it in that deliberate, uh, responsible manner. But if people think that we should be in a position to accelerate our fiber build out, that's where grant funds come into play. So uh, we'll monitor that situation and see if there's some way that we can take advantage of it to benefit the community. Also, we think there's going to be certain incentives thrown out there for electric vehicles. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think that in North Mississippi we're going to see a swath of electric vehicles over the next several years. Uh, I don't think it is necessary that we go gung-ho and start installing chargers everywhere. But I do think we will see electric vehicles in the area. We're going to see an increase. I think people will see the value in them. Uh, people will determine that they're a lot more efficient and they've got a greater range than they originally thought. They're fun to drive, too. They are a lot of fun to <laughs> drive. <laughs> they really are. Um, I think that the overwhelming majority of electric vehicle charging will be done at home or at work. Uh, and we'll work on making sure that we're able to handle that demand and give incentives to where people might want to do that. But, and if you've driven an electric vehicle, you do keep your eye, <laughs> you know, on, on how much of a charge you have left. Because unlike a gas-operated vehicle, you know that if you get off somewhere and you're running low of a charge, the odds of you charging back up are not good if you kind of get out of range. And that's coined a term called range anxiety. So we are looking, we're working with Seven States Power, we're working with TVA through some programs to see if we can't strategically place some chargers out there that we think will be used, they can give a high-speed charge, um, place them strategically to where you don't mind waiting for uh, 20 minutes to a half hour uh, on a good charge and st strategically place them to kind of cure that range anxiety to where if you get out and you start seeing that charge dip a little bit, you know you don't have to turn right back around and go home and know there's some places out of the system to where you can charge. So we'll be looking at doing that. Um, great things going on in the community. You know, we had a good meeting uh, here last week with the Bahia Chamber, and, the, and in Bahia they talked about things that that community's trying to do with the old high school building there, great ideas. I hope you'll look into that. Might even have them in here as guests at some point. Mm -hmm. And also the, the, the area south of Bahia, that Isaac Chapel area that, that I'm so fond of and that's gonna redo that Rosenwald School, that's a great project. And just, you know, they haven't built it out yet, but they're already utilizing that little park. And if I can kind of give a little announcement for them, they've got a great back to school day planned on Saturday, August the 21st, that community park. Lots of things going on. Great chance if you're in that area, you can get to that area to go visit it. Take a look at that park and that Rosenwald School and realize some of the opportunity that we see down there. Yeah, I think they're giving away backpacks and school supplies mm -hmm. uh, at that event too. So uh, I, we'll share something on our social media in regards to that. Absolutely. So folks will know what to do. Okay. All right, well, moving on to safety. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, after a long absence, it's uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, we were. That was the. We were wondering where you were last month. <laughs> well, uh, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a busy spring and a busy summer. Uh, we were very fortunate to be able to host uh, three of the four uh, Lyman Apprenticeship Training Schools here at North Central. Uh, we're appreciative of the great work that statewide is doing uh, in workforce development with North Central. 
Uh, we appreciate everybody that come up from all the other co-ops. Uh, really a good thing. Uh, had a lot of good training going on. A lot of information was exchanged and uh, very busy, but uh, it's going to pay off uh, in the long run, so we certainly do appreciate the opportunity to host those schools. Uh, Kevin talked about the heat last week. Uh, uh, in the upper 90s, almost hundreds last week. Uh, 85 this week never felt so good. And, um, <laughs> but I think it's going to heat back up next week. And, uh, but we did hit some milestones during that heat. Uh, TVA uh, broke a demand record mm -hmm. that stood since 2012. And uh, I believe North Central broke a record, an all-time record of uh, 300 megawatts, mm -hmm. which was 25 megawatts more than the previous record. Um, and as Kevin said, the system held up very good, so we're very proud. Yeah, that's not that a record fight. we want to keep trying to break. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it really highlights the diversity of the generation mix because mm -hmm. you're not reliant on um, all that, that pressure on one one generation source. That energy portfolio and it being diverse is, is very important, uh, and, and TVA does a good job of uh, managing that mix, and, and uh, they've been a good partner. Uh, delivering electricity and I'd like to mention that um, you know that, that the employees of North Central uh, they were here they were ready they delivered all of that safely in a very efficient manner and uh, we're very proud of that um, so uh, the hot the heat's going to return next week so uh, we'll we'll see where that's going to take us guess we can draw all the shades and turn the thermostat back up here <laughs> Uh, but in addition to that, uh, school starts back. Uh, is it tomorrow? School starts back. Uh, yep. And uh, so, as school starts, a lot starts of tears happening at this table because of that fact, right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, uh, uh, I, I know around my house they were really doing backflips for school to start. But uh, as Kevin said, I, I gotta, I gotta make the college run uh, here Friday to move one in uh, down in the Delta in the heat of the summer, up two flights of stairs, so that'll be fun. And the other Because the elevator will not work. <laughs> the elevator will definitely <laughs> not work. <laughs> uh, and I got a junior uh, starting high school this year, and, you know, when we talk about going back to school from a safety perspective, there are a lot of things that we need to talk about. And, and um, you know, basically when you go back to school, some of the things that you need to think about, and the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, school buses. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, for whatever uh, reason, uh, they're in such a hurry. Uh, when a school bus stops and puts out the stop sign, whatever they got going on is so much more important uh, than those kids getting on the bus. They like, to, they like to pass by the school bus when it's trying to get kids loaded on. So uh, just, you know, a few of the reminders. Um, in 2019, which is the latest statistic, uh, there were 13,000 injuries. Uh, in the United States around school buses. Um, so we really need to be careful and we need to absolutely stop. Uh, I do pretty good in, in managing, um, you know, situations when I'm driving and road rage and all of that. Uh, but you know, when you see somebody uh, step over the edge and pass a school bus when it stopped letting kids out, that's one thing. That well, in the rule, when that stop sign comes out of the side of the school bus, all traffic. Both sides. Both sides. It's yep. not the you know the the same lane or the it's both so if you see that stop yeah. sign sticking out of the school bus stop and just give them some distance yep. because those 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 buses are large they can't stop on a dime mm -mm. and if you've ever noticed they've got a bunch of children in there that are not strapped down <laughs> so you know just kind of yeah. give them some distance well there's and there's a lot of you know in our service area there's a lot of just two-lane roads yes and so 
people think that they can try and get around it. And you never know when a kid's crossing the street to try and get to that bus or trying to get home. So, and you know the the, the thing that's I guess is, is really the most upsetting is thirty four percent of injuries um, in school bus uh, incidents are those kids on the bus. And, you know, so that's where the rubber meets the road, and, and, and that's the realization of when people make bad decisions mm-hmm. to do things like that. So please stop both directions, um, you know, and, and make sure that, uh, you know, you're obeying that law there. Also, as far as, uh, you know, taking your kids to a school bus to the stop in the mornings, you know, go to the bus stop with your kids mm-hmm. uh, so they are familiar with where they're supposed to go, where they're supposed to be, um, make sure that they stay at least six to ten feet behind the curb or behind the roadway. Uh, in, in a lot of our rural communities, there's behind not, the ditch. Yeah, behind. <laughs> we don't have curbs, so it would be behind the ditch or the roadway. That's that's for sure. Um, you know, make sure that they can see. This is a key thing. When kids approach a bus, the school bus driver needs to be able to see them, and they need to be able to see the school bus driver. That way, everybody's on the same page. Nobody gets lost in that, that mix there. So, uh, uh, But the main thing is just make sure that you take your children to the school bus and make sure that they're familiar with what they're supposed to do. Uh, also, as far as driving uh, your children to school, uh, make sure that you familiarize yourself uh, with the speed zones uh, around the school and also uh, the way you're supposed to drive and drop the children off around the school. Um, uh, make sure that... Uh, you make eye contact around those uh, street crossings and things of that nature so you know that the children see you and you see them. Again, make sure you see, you know, see what they're doing and what they're up to. Um, as far as teen drivers, uh, car crashes are the number one cause of fatalities of teens in the United States. That's just the realization of it. Um, and the biggest thing that we can do about that is when we're driving our children around is be a good example. If they see you going down the road, texting, doing a bunch of things that you shouldn't do, a bunch of distracted driving, you know, you're, that's the example they're going to follow. And chances are when they start driving to school on their own, uh, I, I just know in the school district around us, uh, in a couple of the schools, in the mornings there's been a couple of very serious uh, car, car accidents uh, involving kids either not paying attention or going too fast. Um, so just please just, you know, make sure that you remind your teenagers that's driving to school, look, you know, you're not just going to the high school. You're going to pass a primary school and a mm-hmm. middle school, you know, on the way to get to where you're going. And be on the lookout, you know, for the young kids as they're, you know, trying to get to and from. And, uh, you know, if you go to pick your children up, whatever you do, if there's buses there that's either loading or unloading, do not pass those buses. You know, even if somebody's waving you on, if that school bus is loading or unloading and you're within 10 feet of that, stop and uh, just make sure that they get safely into school. And with that, just uh, wish everybody a a great school year. Um, I hope the school year this year is much different than the school year that we had last year. And uh, just look forward to all of the things that uh, they've got planned uh, for our children while they're there. And uh, just a shout out to all of our teachers. Uh, thankful for what they do and thankful for them being there each and every day to, uh, you know, to pass that knowledge on to, to our children and hope we have a good year. Oh, speaking of school and getting back to normal, I know that one thing that we're hoping to do is get back to normal with some of our 
Events. Programming and events. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a long School 18 visits. months or so. Uh, J.D. and I, we, we haven't been on campus to do a, a safety demonstration or uh, speak to a classroom in a, in a while. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward and hopeful that we'll be able to do that uh, like we have in the past this year. So um, along those lines also, we'll be getting back in the school uh, probably starting in September to recruit for the 2022 class of our youth leadership program. And uh, we've sadly missed a year and a half of that mm-hmm. and um, look forward to getting it kicked off to recruit some of our great students from all the schools that we serve uh, to learn more about youth leadership, uh, rural electrification, um, and meet folks from across the state. So I'll be in touch with counselors to do assemblies at each of our schools. Uh, we'll be uh, posting on social media to have packets picked up uh, to enter the essay contest. and. Um, uh, have your have your student uh, apply for our youth leadership program. Uh, great a great program that uh, sends you to Jackson for a workshop and then to Washington D.C. next summer uh, for a week long experience in our in our nation's capital. So um, I'll pick back up on Connect a little bit uh, from where Kevin left off. Construction is moving along at a good pace. We are at about seven um, seven per mile of line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the pace of installation has picked up, which is really good. Uh, the, the weather is prime, conditions are prime with the ground to, to, to really kind of push through these. So we're averaging about 25 installs a week. And now some of those will get 39 uh, in a week, and then some of those will get mm-hmm. 18. But it's averaging out to be pretty good. Um, our biggest hurdles, you know, we'll talk about supply chain and labor issues, but it's also, you know, we, we need some cooperation when we come out to, to construct the drop. We set up a meeting with the homeowner um, to help identify underground utilities. Um, yeah. And it may be supply lines uh, for your water, septic lines, uh, telecommunications, underground security. Uh, propane. Fences, yeah, propane, things like that. And we realize that if you're the second or third owner of that property, you may not realize where that property, uh, where that those utilities reside, and we don't either. So uh, that's what takes a little bit of time, and, and we're happy to work through you on that. To if work the property with. owner doesn't know, there's a very good chance we don't know. That's right. <laughs> so we locate what we can, and we tear up some stuff sometimes, but uh, we, we appreciate the patience that, that folks have had with us in that. <clears throat> And we'll continue to kind of hit a stride. But, you know, it's a point of home safety, I think. Go back to what you said about sometimes you're the third owner uh, and you didn't see construction of the home. And, and, and I've been guilty of this as, as well. But I think everybody needs to probably take some time one day and try to map out where all these services come into their home and where the disconnects are just in the event something happens and you need to turn something, whether it's natural gas or water, turn it off immediately and just get familiar with things such as that. Yeah, and you can do that by calling 811, mm-hmm. Mississippi 811, uh, and make a request to come have those located on your property, and all the utilities will hopefully come out there on a timely manner and uh, spray the yard to, to help you develop that map. Yeah. And, and, when they, and when they mark, uh, Michael, that should give you some general idea of at least where it's coming from, so it should help you map out or assist you in mapping out what's going on around the house. Um, but as Kevin said, if... if if the homeowner doesn't know it, know it's there, we sure don't know it's there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as we're building out in these phases in, in Ingram's Mill and Bahia North right now and, and on into the future in these rural areas where you've got drives that are 100 foot long and off the road and we've got longer 
boring or overhead construction to get to these locations. Um, it, t- it takes a little bit more time than it will when we get in these denser subdivisions. So the pace will pick up, but uh, we're in areas where the incumbents wouldn't go because of this reason. It's a, a cost and, a, uh, and a, a time aspect to get that utility, that high-speed fiber internet to your home. So we appreciate everybody's patience. We're, we're moving along as fast as we can. It's not as fast as we want mm-hmm. to, but uh, we're doing it at a, at a deliberate pace. Um, but a bit of good news that I want to announce, um, and we confirmed this this morning. We're on pace to open sign-ups and installations this fall in Bahia South, which will be the areas uh, south on 309 down to Watson and east into parts of St. Paul Road, Misty Ridge, Kaiser Mountain. Um, so we'll be moving into some of those areas. We've heard you. We've, we've registered your demand, and uh, we will be in, hopefully building in the, those areas uh, this fall. So we look forward to doing that. Um, if you have not registered your interest, visit northcentralconnect.com. Uh, give us your address. There's no obligation to do so. And that puts your little, uh, ad- your address is a little green dot on our map. And as we go and look at uh, where we're gonna move uh, resources next to start projects and phases, that helps guide our decisions. So that's the most helpful thing that you can do is to visit that website, northcentralconnect.com. You can also uh, see a, uh, a replay of our Cut the Cord demonstration we had during Membership Appreciation Day uh, and see the 500 quintillion options you have for streaming <laughs> yeah, streaming television. We determined we had to count all the zeros. So um, the unfortunate thing, if you watch that replay, we are done with the drawing for the Apple TV or people are still leaving comments trying to think they're still doing the Apple TV drawing. But uh, no, we're, we, we finished that for Membership Appreciation Day, but you can see some of the options that you have for um, streaming entertainment and we have all sorts of articles in today in Mississippi on what you can do with fiber once you get it. That's right. We look forward to getting it. I sometimes have yeah. to question our planning on the fiber build out because no one in the here has it. We, <laughs> when the CEO doesn't even have. So we have, we have taken on a very selfless attitude in deploying the fiber. It appears that's right. But you know, it's it's good to have that feeling that we're, we're doing something that, that's actually impacting lives and changing lives when you go out into the rural areas through ingram's mill and northern bahia and you see these subdivisions popping up with three and four hundred thousand dollar homes folks don't realize that that we've got bedroom communities out there of folks that work for big employers in the area that may be working and needing that high-speed internet connection uh not to mention the children that they may be they may be educating at home and their need for that so uh, it's a great feeling uh, to hear the testimonials from mm-hmm. uh, members, uh, some from of the subscribers. Reviews, yeah. to and it's a, it's a great cumulative effect. I think we're going to see in the next several years uh, the, the state of Mississippi in a position to where we can call ourselves, for lack of a better word, a gig state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A state that has something that really gives us a competitive advantage over those that have not gotten into this. So I'm, I'm glad we're able to take that step. We can just keep, it's like someone said. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were putting bricks out there every day. So that's the way we're going to kind of approach it. That's right. <laughs> but I, and I'll tell you, a lot of you know people are talking about you talking about range anxiety, range anxiety earlier with the electric vehicles. With that anxiety about cutting the cord, hey, don't be anxious. Cut the cord. It's all it's a big world out there. There's lots of options, and and I'll tell you, I'd encourage you cut that cord. That that service is going to give you 
Uh, this announcement know, brought to you by your local cable provider. Is, uh, yeah, they're loving us. Right I want to. I want to do it, but I need to make it through the first couple of weekends of football season before I can. You need that certainty, don't you? <laughs> it's the fear of missing out. Well, you know, just yeah. Uh, but it's good to get back. I'm gonna uh, transition to, to uh, community events. We're starting to gather more. We're starting to get uh, get together more for our fundraisers, for our civic organizations, and and whatnot. And that's great. So I do want to give a couple of promotions for fundraisers. Um, the Ark of Northwest Mississippi, which is a, a fantastic organization Great. that assists children with disabilities, um, particularly autism. Uh, the uh, they're having their annual Boots and Barbecue uh, at the Lander Center, and uh, I, I think they missed the event last year due to the restrictions of the pandemic. So they're back live again. That's going to be on August 28th. And for more information or to buy tickets, you can visit the ARC, that's A-R-C-N-W-M-S.org, the ARC, Northwest Mississippi.org, uh, abbreviated. Uh, and also the 15th annual FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, golf uh, qualifying tournament will be uh, a scramble, full-man scramble at Cherokee Valley on uh, August 30th. And for more information on that, to sponsor or enroll, visit northcentralmsfca.org. And just a reminder, um, October 27th will be the North Central Annual Membership Meeting. Yes. Uh, so you'll be getting a proxy in the mail, uh, seeing publications in Today in Mississippi on um, board elections and all that in preparation for the annual meeting on October 27th at 2 o'clock in our auditorium. And uh, finally, it's, you know, we talk about all the charity and stuff. We, uh, we spent the last week, or I spent the last week with the digital media class of uh, DeSoto County Schools, and we shot a week's worth of performances that we're sending to Lebonner Children's Hospital. We are still not able to visit, but uh, we'll be putting something out there on Amazon Prime, and next, uh, hopefully next month you can buy the CD. And it will have Free World on it, I promise you. It should. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it to sell. <laughs> But we've got uh, we got some new people uh, involved with the performances at the Grove, and we're gonna send that to the hospital and put it on Amazon Prime again, and uh, hopefully we can you know create some more awareness for the project. It's musiciansforlebonner.com if you want to find out more. Um, and I think that's about it for us. So we will see you guys in September. Thank you. Mm -hmm.